0: Welcome in, it's the BCJ podcast on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel, and big show tonight, joined off the tip, and for the full episode by Dave Simone, we have a special guest to start, and uh, National Director of Scouting at 247sports.com, Steve Wilfong, and then we'll have our own recruiting expert, Shane Kinney, uh, on after Steve. And why, you say? Because obviously it was a very big week for the Bearcats, as four-star defensive end Malik Van picked Cincinnati over Michigan State, Alabama, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, a huge gift for Luke Fickle, his fourth or second four-star recruit in this class, uh, along with uh, Torrance Gibson, the transfer from Ohio State, and in the last recruiting cycle, R.J. Potts from Indianapolis. So, a lot of success for Luke Fickle early in the recruiting process. He hasn't coached a game yet. Uh, Steve, everybody might have had a chance to be really successful on the recruiting trail, but I don't know that anybody expected it to be this quick seeing from, from what's happened so far.
1: Well, Luke Sickle was always one of America's top recruiters, and then uh, he works with a head coach that's one of the best head coach recruiters ever. So he's, he's, he's done it so well himself. He's seen others do it well. He's worked with other great recruiters. He does what it takes. From an evaluation standpoint, he knows what it takes from a commitment standpoint to recruiting and, and now he's, you know, reaping those rewards here at Cincinnati with that strong close to, to N17 and then number one in their conference right now, early in the 2018 cycle, knocking at the door of a top 25 class right now, Cincinnati sitting at Number 29, and uh, the crystal ball is buzzing for Cincinnati right now. Uh, Aeneas Hawkins, uh, see, he's gotten a couple picks today, a top 247 defensive end out of Molar, So we'll see. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see what, uh, one thing I don't think will, uh, one thing I think that is a given is Cincinnati's going to do well with their top targets that they had a chance with.
0: How much of this do you think is a carryover? Because everything in 2018 has happened in state. Is a carryover from the respect that he got as, as the lead guy or one of the main guys at Ohio State for as long as he was there? It seems like the, the, the high school coaches in town have a great deal of respect for him, already built in. Um, his staff has heavy Ohio ties. And he's doing something in Cincinnati that most people didn't, didn't think was possible right now.
1: Well, Cincinnati's got a nice tradition now. You know, there's been a lot of coaches there that have won 10 football games, and uh, you got a good fan base. I've been to a Thursday night game uh, inside Nippert, so I know what it's like there. And uh, it's it's a cool place, and, and and with that football tradition, with Coach Fickles and that staff's ties, not only to Ohio, but Coach Pickles won recruiting battles at a lot of places now, uh, and he's got inroads. Uh, across America, especially in uh, fertile states outside of Ohio, uh, Florida, Georgia, Texas. Coach Fickle's been a presence in, in, in all of those states, and those are places where I think Cincinnati's going to have to pick their spots and, and, and land some guys as well, uh, in addition to you know w- winning that next tier of Ohio guys, which they've proven that they can do already uh, under Coach Fickle. You know, it's an exciting time. It's kind of, you know, similar to what we think we'll see from P.J. up at Minnesota. Cincinnati's always been a a good football program most years that I can remember, but now you have such an ace recruiter at the top. I think that you're going to see an elevated talent level uh, in in the Bearcats program.
2: Dave? Uh, Yeah, so... Talking specifically about Malik and then also you see the other four-star commit at the time, Josh Wiley, what, you know, from their game do you like and how do you see them, you know, projecting to college once they're, you know, finished with high school?
1: Well, Malik's a two-way player for Fairfield High. He's the strongest player on their team, which includes the nation's number one offensive tackle, Jackson Carmen. He's an explosive twitch player on the edge. Doesn't have that tremendous length. That's what keeps him from maybe being a blue-chip uh, top 50 recruit. But he's powerful, plays the game hard, strong, smart, tenacious football player. I expect him to be very productive at Cincinnati. Obviously a coveted recruit when you look at the other, the other uh, opportunities that he had. Uh, his final visits included Michigan State and the Oklahoma before he committed to, to Cincinnati. And then you look at Josh Wiley, who's a multi-sport athlete, a good basketball player, tremendous length, huge catch radius. His upside at the tight end position is, is as good as is almost anybody in the country. He's a guy that kind of blew up late. Uh, once, but once college coaches found him, and it only takes a couple before word gets out, You know, a lot of people jumped on that train, and he was a legit SEC recruit. Auburn, Georgia, places like that but stay at home and and Josh Wiley, he was a guy that seemed like he was going to take the process slow and and take a lot of visits after basketball season but obviously you see the closing power of of Coach Pickle and that staff and and he's really put together a nice staff of recruiters Mike Denbrock, we've talked about him uh, in the past Uh, no surprise to see guys jumping in like that
2: how, how would you characterize the Cincinnati area 2018 class and then a little bit bigger in just the Ohio 2018 class compared to, you know, the main states, Florida, Georgia, Texas, you know, those areas that Ohio and Pennsylvania that they're typically up against? Is this a good year in Ohio and in Cincinnati, a great year? What have you guys seen? throughout the whole, you know, maybe top 50 or so players? I think it's your standard year. Maybe it's even a little uh, the
1: down end for Ohio, but there's so many t- when you're talking from a national standpoint. But it, it's always going to be in that top six or seven uh, states in the country to find a bunch of power five guys and, and potential NFL guys. And Cincinnati in particular, there's not better high school coaching anywhere in the country than Cincinnati. So, guys that play in the Cincinnati area, uh, for the most part, are being coached off the charts uh, on a high school from a high school standpoint. And they know how to play the game, and, and and they're seasoned, and and they'll they'll come into the college program of their choice with the right temperament and and and, and as prepared as you can be uh, for the next level. Uh, so I think,
0: you know, for the most part, Ohio is where it always is. Steve, in terms of, of, of a comparison, how much does this mirror what Tom Herman did when he got to Houston and selling the city on kids staying home and, and really getting the city excited almost instantly? I mean, it, it's kind of ironic because those are the, two, the last two guys to leave Ohio State for, you know, pretty big-time coaching jobs and Harmon was able to turn it around, and it seems like Fickle almost instantly is getting the same type of momentum.
1: Well, Fickle's walking into a program that I I know Tuberville was let go, but I think that kind of exhausted itself. It's not like he's taken over a team that was god-awful, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I think he's walking into a pretty advantageous situation, just like Tom, I mean, Tom Herman took over a football team that I believe was 8-5 and, and then they went 13-1 and one the next year. It showed his kind of coaching prowess. And I think we've, you know, Coach Pickle's been on as won national championships as an assistant. He had the interim title at a very difficult time at Ohio State, and I think he saw Buckeyes team really compete their ass off that year, had a freshman quarterback, and, and a guy that was a re- was a really good college, a uh, really good college quarterback. But at the end of the day, was he even really a quarterback? You know, and and uh, and uh, you know he played receivers final year in college in and, and Braxton Braxton Miller. So I I think that you know he could have the same kind of success that that Tom Herman did. It's obviously the same league. And Cincinnati get, you know, that year they went thirteen to one. They they have, Cincinnati had that game won on the road. You know, Gunnar Keel played great, and and, uh, that was just a fantastic football game. So uh, I I could see, starting to ramble, I could see Coach Fickle being really successful at Cincinnati and being the next guy to win double digit ball games and, you know, move on to to another opportunity.
0: Boy, that's not going to be possible.
1: Cincinnati Cincinnati and Western Kentucky and, and now Houston, those are some of the best non-Power 5 jobs right now. You know, guys that have really not only done well at Cincinnati, but then they go on to do well at their next next job. So the athletic directors at, at Cincinnati have really done a good job of identifying the right guy and, and hiring them. And Cincinnati is in such a great location with such a great fan base that you should always be pretty darn good. And, and, and that's where Cincinnati football is at right now.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's been a frustrating deal for Cincinnati fans because even with Brian Kelly and Butch Jones, they were never really able I I used this term yesterday on local radio. They were never really able to take the lid off of Cincinnati, the the talent in Cincinnati. They were able to get – some, you know, like a Tony Pike, like a, a, a guy that was a little bit under the radar, wasn't really a big-time recruit, but turned out to to be very productive. Um, it seems like Luke is just going into these battles and saying, you know what, we're not we're not afraid of Michigan State or Ohio State or Penn State or Oklahoma or whoever it may be. We're going to make sure. And, and finally some of these kids are seeing the traction and saying, you know what, I do want to stay home. And, and I think that's where you're seeing the excitement locally is because they just had a hard time getting that top end kid from the city.
1: No, sure. the the the, the two recent wins in Malik and Josh Wiley were were eye opening. And, and uh, you look at the staff. Gino Gino was a I'm going to butcher his last name, but he's he's a good recruiter. Joker Phillips is obviously a, a, a good recruiter, and then you, you have guys that that are good position coaches. Just it's a nice blend. Um, at, at Cincinnati right now, but you're still not. I mean, Cincinnati's not going to land the Jackson Carmens no. of the world. She'll have to. You, there's always. You just have to be good at evaluating because there's so many good football players out there. So if you can evaluate and find guys that fit your scheme, that are passionate about playing football, that have traits, that have upside, you're going to win a lot of ball games. And and I think that Coach Coach uh, Pickle. Coach Dunbrock, uh, Coach Joker Phillips, John Tanuta, those guys have been on staff that have won a lot of football games, and, and I think you're
0: going to see that continue to translate with them, you know, running the show at Cincinnati. And I think there's a young star in the making on that staff, too, in Al Washington. Um, he had Boston College, was, was number two in the country in sacks last year uh, as their defensive line sure. coach, and, and he was one of the main guys on Malik Van and he's also one of the main guys on Aeneas Hawkins, and he's a young guy that that really knows how to coach the position, but also uh, is very personable, very relatable, and and kids seem to love him, and, you know, I think that's a a big one for for Cincinnati to have gotten him away from his alma mater to come back home and coach with Luke Fickle. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely, and I think that he sees an opportunity to, you know, continue coaching with other fantastic coaches and, and learn from them, and be part of a program that, quite frankly, has a better chance of winning double-digit football games most years than Boston College
2: does.
0: Absolutely. Dave, you got anything else?
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Steve, about what came out, I guess, last week with the proposal that seems to be moving forward with an early signing day and just your overall thoughts on that and then how that might impact a program like Cincinnati?
1: Well, to answer your second question, first, it's a good thing for Cincinnati because first and foremost, you can sign the majority of your guys in December. A, most importantly, that means that you can spend January, you can spend the rest of December and and January putting all your resources into finishing out your class. You know what needs you have left because you know what's already in the boat, signed and done. You don't have to then waste resources to go visit those commits again in December and January to make sure that another school can't flip them away from you. They're in. So, no more, you don't have to waste resources on that anymore. So, it's a win for, for a place like Cincinnati all the way. I don't think it's a win for the prospect. I think one signing day was all that was necessary in football. They say this early signing day was you know, helps the kid that wants to be done with the process and, and they can sign and be over it. But but I've, I've found that most kids that want to be done with the process, they are done with it. They they're, You know, they're not allowing schools to continue to contact them. They're, they've shut it down and, and they're unavailable. And, and, and college coaches know it, so they're not wasting their time. So uh, I, I don't think that's something that needs to be governed. Um, and I think when a young man... He could get that late offer from a school that, you know, missed out on some top targets, and now they have an opportunity to then evaluate an opportunity that they got late. And then maybe that's the right one for them, and now they don't know because they, they took themselves off the market in, in December. Where if there's one date, <laughs> excuse me, if there's one date, then that's a date where at least you know you'll have all the information. Even if you get an offer the Tuesday before signing day, <coughs> you know you still know the final date that you're going to have all the information.
0: On that, I mean, does it – in terms of maybe you know talking about flipping on a guy like a Malik Mann or a Josh Wiley or if Inez Hawkins does end up in the fold, is it less likely on those guys because they've already seen – the top offers, they've already been through that top part of the process. It's not a situation like, um, what, Kayvon Wallace, was it, Dave, a couple years ago? Yeah. That All of a sudden, Clemson comes on the picture. You know, he's a two-star recruit nobody knows of. He blows up, ends up at Clemson instead of Cincinnati, where he decommitted, and then now he's, you know, a, a primary guy in Clemson's defense as a sophomore. Exactly. So it is different if you,
1: because Kayvon Wallace, didn't have that Clemson opportunity to consider where Josh Wiley and Malik Van have, have already had those opportunities. So they chose Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat those other schools out, and, and they chose to commit, and, and, and obviously they have time to reconsider if they want, you know, and if they want to sign in December, great, or February, great. But my point is, is now you've added multiple dates where a kid that signs in December he may not necessarily have all the information because there's still more time out there available, you know. So for, so for the, the prospect itself, one date was good with me. For, for the college program, it's a win. For college programs, particularly Cincinnati, it's a win to have an early signing net, and you're happy about it. If you're Ohio State, you don't want an early signing day. You want all the time to process everything. And there's a kid that, you know, you want to move on in, in January. You, you move on. Now, the school, you know, Ohio State and Alabamas and, and, and those types of programs are going to maybe try and maybe tell kids that are committed to to these, you know, schools, look, we're not offering you yet, but you don't need to be in a rush to sign here in December, too, because we could offer you later where at the same time the school is committed to is going to say, well, look, if you don't sign, you can lose your spot here. Right. You know, they got to do what's best for them. So I think one, one signing date is what's best for the prospect. So it's going to add more stress for some kids where, where ultimately the kid that was shutting it down and solid, schools aren't bothering him. And I think that's blown out of proportion. Just my opinion. Yeah.
0: And, and I think, you know, I think, the one thing that's weird to me about this, this new signing day is that they're two months apart. I mean, it, what, what really is the huge difference there other than
1: or, or, like well, the said. huge difference is the, no, but, the schools voted yeah. on it, and, and so they got it set up that way because they're going to be able to put all their resources in other spots. Yeah. A, this is especially a win for mid-majors like the Max that don't have you know as much you know that money money is saved for them if they can sign 16 kids in december and then they're only recruiting seven kids the rest of the way they don't have to spend as much money on the road their resources change you know it's it's good for the wallet
0: and they're not as but worried again, about their class like, they're not as worried about their class getting picked apart on january 30th well,
1: 100%, but even more so, they don't have to go visit those kids yeah. in January because they're already signed, you know, and, and so less, less money spent on the road.
0: But the, the, the original point I was getting to is, that, like, at least in basketball, it's November and April. Like, you can sign and get it over with before your season starts if you so desire and, and not have that to worry about, not, you know, be done with the recruiting process and have it out of the way. And then, if you want to keep it open, you get to play your senior season and show what you can do. Where in football, it's just that two-month difference. And I guess the big difference there is, is coaches have finally in December, when December hits, they can start evaluating all of the senior game tape. But I just don't. It doesn't strike me as there being much of a difference between having it in December and then another one in February, oh. as there is from like November to April, like we see in basketball.
1: Correct. I agree with that, but. Again, this is a win for the college programs, and that's ultimately why it passed. Because they're the ones making the rules, you know. I think if you pulled the kids, you know, I don't, you know, if you brought the high school coaches into it, I don't, I don't know how. Maybe they, they would want an early sunny day too. But I think ultimately, it's not. It's going to add more stress on the kids that are committed to mid majors or that are committed to, you know, a lower, lower power five. That um, you know could pot- potentially still get that high-profile offer because there's communication. Right? So that you know, a kid waiting on Ohio State, you know, has to make that decision: should I sign with the Bearcats or should I sign with Illinois um, or Mississippi State? If in Alabama, saying don't sign we may still offer you a Mississippi State saying if you don't sign, you may not be allowed to come here because we are going to offer this next kid who's going to take it and sign right now. Right. You know, so so one date, one date was good with me. No, I, you know, I get where you're coming from. Uh, yep. uh, yeah. Be, so we'll before see. we let you go,
0: you going to fire up that crystal ball on Aeneas Hawkins anytime soon, or are you still evaluating? <laughs>
1: I think Aeneas told me he's out west right yeah, now. I think he's at USC and out. UCLA. So we'll see how those go. But there's no doubt that UC's right there in the mix uh, for him. And, and uh, you know, with Coach, I don't think before Coach Fickle they would have had a chance. And now they have a great chance.
0: And Blue Smith, everybody seemed to think that that was heading in the direction of Kentucky. Three or four weeks ago? That's what I had heard. Are you surprised it yeah, hasn't happened? Well, he visited Cincinnati today for an unofficial. He, he came down. Um, he basically stopped by Cincinnati Friday on his way to Kentucky for the spring game. So he was in Cincinnati in the afternoon, uh, and then he came back today. The only thing I'm wondering there, are you surprised he hasn't pulled the trigger yet? Because that seemed, everybody seemed to think three weeks ago that, that it was going to be Kentucky, and it was going to be fairly soon. It just seems a little strange that he hasn't done it yet. Well, I, I thought that there was a chance it
1: could maybe be soon, but at the same time, I still love working Turkey's position for Blue. Yeah. And uh, But Blue's also taking some other trips. He's going to Notre Dame this weekend. That's a potential game-changing visit. He's never been to South Bend. I think he's a guy that Notre Dame will, you know, if they push for him, they would have a, would have a good chance at a kid like that. So um, he's still got places to see. He really likes Tennessee. So... Uh, Kentucky's in a good position, they're doing a good job recruiting him, but uh, Blue's still got places to see, the eyes to dot, T's to cross, things to learn, things to see, and he's a guy that doesn't need to make an early decision, because he has so many opportunities.
0: Alright, thanks a lot, Steve, we really appreciate it, and thanks for coming on, and it's a good time for the Bearcats, maybe we'll have you on again here uh, here shortly, talking about some more.
1: No, Thanks, guys, anytime. I, I, I like Cincinnati, I don't live far, get up enjoyed my time at Nippert in the past, and, and, uh,
0: so anytime, guys, have a good one. All right, thanks a lot, Steve. That is Steve Wilfong, the National Director of Recruiting at 247sports.com. And now we welcome in our own expert recruiting analyst in Shane Kenny, and, uh, Shane, it's been, uh, it's been a good 24 hours for the Bearcats, dating back to, uh, to yesterday, it was kind of uh, Malik Van Day today on the site, uh, but it, you just have to take to take a look at this thing and realize that it's a it's a massive get for Cincinnati, and it was uh, quite the show on Twitter for about an hour after Malik committed with everything that was happening, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, my uh, Twitter notifications were going off and couldn't sleep much because my phone kept going off. But um, I, I mean. This is huge for Cincinnati. I thought, you know, when we original originally heard about this, you know, trench mob thing that, you know, um, the Cincinnati coaching staff made up for guys like um, Alex Regelsberger, Hawkins, and Vaughn, looking at it when it first came out, You, you def, in my opinion, you definitely thought Malik was probably the least like, likely to end up at Cincinnati, and and, it, and it's happened, you know. So I, I think it's, it's huge for Cincinnati, and I, not even – just getting this attention, which is the biggest thing, and something that me and you talked about before. Hypothetically, this is always a hypothetical question. I want to get people angry already when they just got a guy like Malik Van. But if he would hypothetically decommit, it doesn't matter. Cincinnati's done their job here. They they've got the attention around Cincinnati around this twenty eighteen, you know, recruiting cycle. But in terms of you know not just the game that he brings to the field, which I'm very excited about what he could do at Cincinnati in his first year because he's a guy that had offers from Alabama, Wisconsin, Michigan State, you know, programs that run elite defenses, and you can bring him to a guy like Luke Fickle at Cincinnati who's, who's been able to run these also elite defenses at Ohio State. I think it, it's something with a guy like his raw talent in the AAC, it's something that could be dominating within um, the, the first year, similar to what Ed Oliver did at Houston. But with Vana defensive end, um, easy, know. Know. easy now, easy now,
0: easy <laughs> now. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Malik Van fan, but Ed Oliver was like a top four
3: guy in the country. Okay, let's relax. here. I think. We're saying, <laughs> yes. No. Don't get me wrong. That could be a reach from here. Could definitely could be a reach. But I, think I, I get what you're what, saying. I get what you're saying. I think that. Cincinnati with the depth and the talent there there hasn't really been this kind of recruiting class or there hasn't been this a guy this talented on the roster that's been recruited now again that could be something I could get into that could be dangerous to say but I really don't think there's a guy on the roster like bot who brings this athletic ability with this size and he's already college built so it's something that is pretty exciting for Cincinnati fans Dave you, you, you grill him now I'm going to
0: take it I'm gonna take a playoff. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to grow him. I love the Ed Oliver comparison. Not
2: as much for the, the player itself, but the effect.
3: Because yeah,
0: I, I agree with that. I
3: think, a better, I, think, I think a better comparison could be Malik McDowell at Michigan State during his first year. I think that would be a better comparison.
0: Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I'm not saying that, that any of this is a slight at Malik. I'm saying Ed Oliver was one of the best defensive tackles in the country the second he stepped on the field at Houston. So I have very high hopes for, for Malik and his future at Cincinnati, but I, I don't want to get, you know, crazy. That's all.
3: Hey, we're, just, we're just trying to copy
0: what our fans do on our board. Well, I'm, not, you know, I, I'm the voice of reality <laughs> at times on these things. Dad, Dad has to step in and say, calm down, fellas. A little, the horseplay is getting a little carried away. <laughs> but, Dave, I, I think your point is right, and the, it's, it's more the, the momentum. Because, right. Because the, the momentum instantly, as soon as that posted at 543 yesterday, the, the momentum jumped through the roof in this town. And that's, that's what I think is the biggest key to all of
2: this is, you know, you got the class started with a solid player, but, an under, you know, for the majority of fans, an under-the-radar player, And but from Ohio, so everyone latched onto that right away. Look, we're Pickle's already recruiting Ohio. Columbus, we don't get guys from Columbus, blah, 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 blah. So then you get a Cincinnati kid who everybody in the area knows, and then that kid start, you know, a little bit later, then there's some added momentum, oh, now he's getting, you know, a St. X kid, UC never gets the St. X kid, and so it just keeps going, and then you, you kind of really throw it up with Wiley, now they got another Cincinnati kid, but this one had offers from basically everybody, so, and these are all kind of, you know, staggering one on top of each other, whether it's, a week after, ten days after, two weeks after, and, you know, then obviously yesterday and the week then, another Cincinnati kid. Now they got two of the top six kids in Cincinnati. And this guy had offers from Alabama and Oklahoma. And it's like, it's this momentum that, and even if they say they get another commitment in a week or ten days, but it's not a Malik Van Josh Wiley type of person. It almost doesn't matter because it's like, look what they did again. They got another Ohio kid or another Cincinnati kid, and now they've got six commitments, and all of them are from Ohio, and half of them are from Cincinnati. So it's like, it just is. If they can just keep stair stepping, so to speak, the the kids on you know the other commits, the fans, they just notice that like man, it just seems like every week they're getting a the guy and he's from Ohio or he's from Cincinnati or he has offers from, you know, the traditional powers. So I think that's that to me right now is almost bigger than, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it might actually be bigger than the specific commitments of, you know, Josh Wiley, Malik Van, because it's just, when you witnessed kind of what happened in the last four years, and especially last year, there was, I mean, to, to, I can't even use the word momentum. I mean, I've never seen people that mad. I've never seen people just that disgusted and turned off by the by just the program in general. Hey, you go to and hell. To, to uh, get a, get a, a job. job. Get a job. To, t- to totally. <laughs> totally flip that around in less than five months with a first-year, I mean, I guess not technically, but a first-year head coach, you know, where I think after he had his press conference, a lot of people were excited, but, you know, leading up to that, we know from the board, he certainly wasn't candidate number one in the fan base So, to do all of this in five months without playing the a game, and there's no guarantee these guys stay committed, and there's no guarantee that they have a better year than last year. But, you know, we're entering into the evaluation period, which then enters into the camp season. So, you could really legitimately see this type of momentum go, you know, through May and June, and Shane can obviously speak on this better than I can, but, I mean, just running through guys in my head, I can think of 10 Ohio guys right off the top of my head that if they committed tomorrow, I would not be surprised in the least. And I have varying levels of confidence in them, and some of them are, you know, four stars like Anise Hawkins, and some of them are unrated right now. But that's just the type of... Overall program momentum that they have going on right now, and there's no way Even the most dyed red and black Bearcat fan Could have said they saw this coming in December Well,
3: Well, Chad and I definitely talked about how just getting a guy like Wiley was I didn't think that even tipped it But when you got a guy like that, I think that definitely tips it But I don't I think we all know that I don't think this is over you know this 10-day stretch that I think we've all talked about is going to be huge, and I and a lot of obviously, you know, we kind of know the names to look for, but it's going to be an exciting time, and this is this isn't it for Cincinnati quite yet.
0: Well, let's get to that since you uh, you went out on the limb and, and you put yourself out there and put a uh, a Bearcat Journal crystal ball in for Aeneas Hawkins. You're you're putting your neck on the
3: line on this one. Why, why so confident? Well, you know, first of all, this is something that's that's been floating around for, for a while now. You know, the Hawk, a guy Haw, Hawking who we just saw him retweet a tweet about him saying that even if he got off from Alabama, he still want to play for still want to play for Cincinnati when he was a younger kid. But this is again a factor that's been going around for a while now. I thought. I thought maybe a few weeks ago Cincinnati was kind of out of it. I, it was a, I even went on record saying I thought it was a Penn State-Ohio State race after his last two visits there. But things have changed since then. There, there's, there's obviously background info that we can't get into and go on the record about, but Cincinnati's spring game was huge. It blew Van out of the water. It blew Hawkins out of the water. It really impressed these guys, and, you know, and it's really something like if we all commit together we can change Cincinnati's program. I think that's something that, you know, Val was talking about a lot when I, when I interviewed him, is this, man, this is really coming together. You know, same thing with base fish. This is something that we can really do. And I think Hawkins is a guy that initially started that conversation, but, but he was always a guy in the background that, you know, when other people committed, people started forgetting that Hawkins was kind of the original guy that kind of had this idea. So just the fact, just the fact that he's had this idea of what Cincinnati could be, him stepping it, following his father's footsteps to Cincinnati, you know, there's so many other factors that happen that I just, I think that when it comes down to, I think it's stuff that Ohio State and Penn State just can't compete with, and you know, with getting a guy like Vaughn on board already, who, a guy that Hawkins has gone on record saying that if he commits to Cincinnati, it'll definitely affect my commitment, it makes me want to go to, be a Bearcat even more.
0: You know, and, I, and the one thing I will say is I think, you know, they, they've done a great job um, communicating with parents, their plan, their vision. Um, you've heard that from a lot of the kids, that their parents, not only were they blown away, uh, but their parents were blown away. You knew that Artrell was going to be a big Cincinnati supporter, given his, you know, ties to the university. I really think at the spring game, and they did it with, with Malik Van, too. They really sold his mom. Um, and she's a Cincinnati alum, so you didn't have to sell her hard, but they really sold his mom on their vision, and and he talked about in your commitment article that as they did that, she gave him her blessing to to make the decision on Friday. Um, I think they did a great job with with Hawkins' mom on Friday and, and really sold her on, you know, this is a real possibility, and this is a place your son can get a great education, and he can come in and he can be a factor in, you know, Cincinnati getting back to the top of college football, and um, I, I think that's something that's not to be denied. I, it just it, Mom's always the key, and I, I've been doing this recruiting thing a long time, and, and sometimes it's different, but for a lot of these kids, what mom says holds a ton of weight, and if you get mom and dad on board and you've got them doing some work for you behind the scenes, your job gets a heck of a lot easier, and I think the staff so far with all of these kids has done a great sure. job selling their vision to the parents and and making their parents feel comfortable with the thought of their kids uh, going to UC and staying home. And I think another thing that, that, you know, maybe this is more for Dave and I because we've been around forever, Luke has instant credibility with all of the high school coaches. I don't feel like there's any more of that wall that has been up for a long time. And and like I said with the, the lid is off comment, There were coaches that I don't – I'm not a conspiracy guy. I don't know that they were actively telling kids not to go to UC, but I don't know that they were as comfortable with it as they were the idea of those kids going to the Big Ten. And these high school coaches have a relationship with Luke Pickle. They've had a relationship with Luke Pickle for a long time. And it seems to me that they're opening the doors for him and saying, come on in, and he's, he's, he's not sitting in his office with his feet up. He's hitting the ground, and he's out there, and he's he's talking to these guys, and, and and making them feel like Cincinnati is is an extension of the high schools around here. And Dave, that's massive,
2: right? And and to kind of take you back off what you said, I don't think the high school coaches were saying don't go to UC, but I wouldn't. I feel pretty I, confident. I think they, they were say saying go to Michigan State or Ohio well, State or whatever. That's what I'm saying. They were they probably weren't pushing UC on the the same way that they would push a Big Ten school or an ACC school or an SEC school. So it might not be directly, uh, you know, saying, hey, you shouldn't go there. You, You can do better. It might be, you know, being real excited about a Michigan State offer and really saying, hey, you know, that'd be great for you and, you know, and just not really talking about the C element and I just think Luke just and I know a lot of people have said it in different ways, but he just I mean, he seems to really understand not the game you need to play, but just the right things to do. Like all those, you know, stags that he did and and you know little speaking engagements at various high schools and, you know, having being at the coaches, like the Ohio high school coaches clinic, like almost immediately after he was hired, like not saying I'm too busy to go to that and actually, you know, like speaking at it and having the practice at Elder. And yeah, that's great for Elder. And they got a ton of pop out of it, but it also told Coleraine or LaSalle or Muller, whoever, like, oh, so maybe next year, we'll be able to do it because it's awesome that he's bringing practices to the high schools. And so it just kind of has this overall effect that like I'm from Ohio and even though I'm not from Cincinnati, like I get you guys and I'm coming to talk to you right off the bat and not just because you maybe have an awesome player that we are recruiting. Just the fact that I'm new here and I want to have a good relationship with you because maybe in three years you have an awesome player that we want to recruit, and I don't want that to be the first time we really sit down and talk, and you think, well, he's only here now. You know, we've been coaching at UC for three years, and now this is like his first
3: time here because we finally have a really good player. I just got one quick comment for what you said, Dave. As um, a fellow Michigan fan, if – it's different going to Elder and going to a school like Moeller and St. Xavier. You know, when Jim Harbaugh went to IMG, the NCAA was all over him. So I don't think Fickle would get away with going to Moeller or St. X next year. That's just a quick, quick little opinion for me.
0: I mean, it's not a... The, the, the problem Harbaugh's having is running satellite camps and taking his team 6,000 miles away from or 3,000 miles away from home. Um, there are you know, a lot of regulations in place. There were a lot of hoops that Cincinnati had to jump through to have that practice at Elder that you almost feel like points of it were um, there, there not were, worth it. Yeah, there were negatives that definitely outweighed the positives at, in some areas, but that's why the NCAA has those things in place, is to make it to where it's a sacrifice to be able to do something like that. So. I don't see any any blowback, and I know it's something they plan on doing in the future, um, if they can, you know, if it, if it continues. I don't see the NCAA closing that loophole um, necessarily because it's just not it's not the optics of loading up your entire team and taking them on a road trip on spring break to Florida or to Rome. Um, and I don't begrudge Harbaugh for doing that stuff. It's, no, I it's, would
2: be I'd be doing the same stuff because yeah, I think absolutely. kids love that. But like, if you compare the two, did you see having practice at Elder get any press outside of the city of Cincinnati?
3: No.
2: I'm guessing no, but because well, of you Carmel can't you can't
3: tell me that you can't tell me that if Luke Fickle now this is all obviously hypothetical. But you can't tell me that if Luke Fickle went to St. X or Moeller. it want to get publicized. I guarantee you it would more than it did uh, Elder. Are you think, not? Are you not realizing that Elder is a multiple
0: time state champion in the state of Ohio in Division one yeah. football? Elder is no. St. X
3: or Molar, man. That's that's the same deal. Like, okay, but you can't you can't tell me I that. Can't that tell you know you, you, you can't you can't, can't you can't tell me that Elder has the same type of has the same type of prospects and to be chasing as a St. X or or Molar does. Right at this instant, not no. So in no. In this class, no. But they they no, have No, in this class. I'm not, talking about last, I'm not talking about years before or years in the future. I'm talking about right now. It but it's Elder. It's El-
0: Elder is on a plane with St. Ignatius and, and St. Edwards and Moeller and St. X. Yeah. Elder is one of the elite, elite. I'm, high I'm not programs. saying they're not an
3: elite program, but I'm <laughs> saying they don't have the top prospect like St. X or Moeller does right now. That's all I'm saying. I mean, the other option,
0: they were going to go to LaSalle. Then LaSalle had something planned, and they couldn't make it. I don't think LaSalle would have been any different than going to the Elder. They went to the Pitt. The pit is one of the most high, historic
3: high school football venues in the nation. All I'm saying is it would have got much more publicity if it would have been at his program with top targets for Cincinnati, like Malik Van. I mean, no, sorry, not Malik, but like Chase Wolf, like Blake Bazevich, and then like Hawking, that Muller because it would have brought everyone out there in comparison to what's happened already with Harbaugh, and everyone would have been jumping around it. That's all I'm saying. Shane, I, th- I think you're
2: missing one key element here in that you see us in the AAC, and anybody who's anybody that's going to talk about those type of things doesn't give a crap. So Michigan gets publicity because they're Michigan and they're an unbelievable program, and they and have Harbaugh. Harbaugh, and they're doing stuff like IMG and Rome and everything. Nobody at ESPN or any college football network, regardless of whether it was at St. X, Springboro, Walnut Hills, it doesn't matter. They wouldn't have paid any attention to it.
3: Well, you, I'm saying I just obviously happened next year, but you're telling me when Luke Finkel comes out and does what he does, what we think he does, gets a top third recruiting class. You're saying there won't be as much? I'm not saying there's going to be as much publicity. As, well, that's as different there would be because he would have had something to he would have had something to back it. If they finish with
2: the top 30 recruiting class and then somehow go like 10-2 and two this year, then yes, people are going to pay more attention to it. But right now, they came up with Well, I didn't say right now. I said in the future. I said next season. I can't after. tell you what's going to happen then. I'm, just, I'm saying right now, if they would have had the practice at Sanex this year instead of Elder, I don't think it would have been any different.
0: No. If they'd have had it at Moeller, I don't think anybody would have batted an eyelash. To take that, kid. <laughs> no, I
2: like. I like that he's he got conviction. <laughs> hey, he hasn't.
0: There's been. He hasn't been, there, been, 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 been Cincinnati ized yet. He, he doesn't quite grasp the uh, inner workings of the Cincinnati
3: football mafia. But is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? You guys can tell me. Uh, there's good and bad uh, to it both. all. <laughs> Just like anything else, there's good and uh, bad to it all. I guess... Um, we'll, uh, so this marks this marks the first yelling we've got into. I think there's going to be a lot more come National Signing Day. Oh, I yell all the time. Get used to it. On, <laughs> it's what I'm
0: best at. Um, you know that by now, see Oh, indeed. <laughs> so I, I have a, a little bit of a... Not off the radar
2: topic, which is something I've noticed, and since Shane talks to all these kids and has been, you know, following it much closer than probably Chad and I have, and if the impact might be small, it might be big, I don't know, but I just find it interesting. Ohio State is recruiting at, you know, last year and this year, kind of an unprecedented level for even them, and... Almost all of it is nationally now. When Trestle was there, they've got it what, it was one very, Ohio kid. One Ohio kid out of seven commits. They just got another one yesterday or the day before from Oklahoma. So when Trestle was there, it was heavy, heavy Ohio. And I'm wondering now. Obviously, to probably consistently or you know hardly ever is going to beat out of Michigan. Is going to beat out of Notre Dame. You know, but with Ohio State. Recruiting nationally so well, like they're not going to stop. And with Luke coming from Ohio State and having these Ohio ties and getting these Ohio kids, I'm wondering, you know, how much
3: that actually helps you see. Well, I think, you know, when we first, when Irv first entered the Big Ten, it was pretty well known how he's good. He was gonna recruit. He was gonna recruit nationally, like like he did at Florida, with like an SEC type, you know, recruiting way. He's gonna bring it to the Big Ten. Um, you guys are correct. Ohio State's backed off of Ohio um, in the state of Ohio in terms of recruiting. I don't. I don't think it's because of a lack of talent. I think it's more because Ohio State's one of those programs where they can they can recruit nationally, and they they're successful recruiting nationally you know they yeah. can compete with any program they can go into any backyard they want to and and they can almost automatically be in a top three just by an offer but and something that else ha- helps Ohio State with how successful they've been on the recruiting then on the field is if there's a kid in Ohio that they miss or maybe they weren't chasing because they were chasing a national kid it's I mean, like with Thayer Mun- Munford um, he was a kid who was considering Kentucky, Iowa State, and, and was on the verge of committing to Kentucky, but all of a sudden got an offer from Ohio State because Ohio State is one of those programs that they still hold that, sh- even though they don't recruit the state as well anymore, or they don't maybe they don't choose to, but they're still they still hold that you know presence in the state, and it's something that still scares many programs from going into o- Ohio, even if there's a prospect they like, sometimes they won't even offer them because. They're scared to compete with Ohio State because Ohio State's very successful in the state and nationally. But with Ohio State backing off of, you know, the in-state recruiting to go after guys they really like, and I'm not saying there's not talented guys in Ohio, but, they're, but when you're competing against a national level, there's always going to be a higher guy, and that's who Ohio State is recruiting. But that helps Cincinnati because it opens up the door for guys who were maybe passed on and this is kind of the story of Cincinnati so far in the recruiting cycle. You know, guys like Chris Oates, um, Brian Asamoa who who is getting a, a lot of Ohio interest. Mickey Harris, who's getting a lot of Ohio interest. Hawkins, who is a guy who's been talked who's been talked about who c- could be a take for Ohio State. Couldn't? It, it's it's still kind of unknown as of right now if he's a take or if he isn't. I'd probably lean on the on the take side, but it's a story that. Are these kids going to wait, or are they going to commit to Cincinnati? Because a lot of these guys, looks like it's either wait for Ohio State or commit to Cincinnati, but when Ohio State holds off and recruit other kids, our natural instinct is just to say, well, they're, 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 they're just going to commit to Cincinnati because they're the program that really wants them. But Ohio State, again, it's something that as long as Urban miners, as long as they stay relevant, it's going to be a thing that they're always going to hold you know, just to such a high level that kids want to go there no matter what, even if they have to wait till their senior year to play because of the depth charge. So, But I think it helps Cincinnati a lot because it opens the door up for them to recruit a kid for so long. So they do have a shot when if Ohio State would offer or if Ohio State already has offered, Cincinnati just recruits them harder. Shane,
0: I got two things. One, how do you spell Hawkins? Uh,
3: H-A-W-K-I-N-S. There's not a G in there.
0: The, 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 G, the, the G is silent. You've been saying Hawkins.
3: <laughs> I did. I thought, no, no, we're going to have to go back to the recording. I'm pretty sure I said Hawkins. No, you, now maybe I've said Hawking. A, a couple times. A couple. No offense to anybody. I know. I just,
0: I was kidding. I, 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 there was the, G, the G is silent. He like was talking about stuff like the we Harvard like on it. the Hawking. Yeah, the Harvard of the Hawking.
3: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we like, to, we like this is simply we like to pick on the kid. That's it.
2: <laughs> well, that's right. You're like you're like the Jalen Green of the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you keep running up the middle, and we're just gonna keep smacking you. Yep.
3: But, but you get back up, you run back to the huddle, and you run right back right. up to get hit again. And, I, and, I, that's, that's and I continue to and I continue to run my mouth at Chad. I know. Perfect. And, and
0: that's why I'm gonna call you out on things like Hawking's. Um, two. I mean, Dave, it's crazy. Right now, Ohio State is kind of recruiting like Kentucky in basketball. So,
3: yeah. Well, you can put Alabama up in
0: that category, too.
3: Um, not really, man.
0: Not, well, Alabama's cool. not doing what Ohio State's doing right now. Ohio State is literally getting the top one or two guys at every position.
3: Number one out there. Okay. Number I, one, this is what we guy. say every year. We we panic because Alabama <laughs> might, might have the 2016 – National, I mean, might might have, might not have, have the twenty-six overall recruiting class right now, but the last five years Alabama has had the crown. Last year they had the crown. Ohio State was still what the hell are are you
0: arguing about? I'm not arguing that. You're you're moving the needle. I'm saying in recruiting what Ohio State is doing right now is ridiculous because they are literally recruiting like Kentucky basketball. They're taking a top three guy at every position of need.
3: And, and I said I am going to be at that shut point. Shut up for a second. Jeez. I can't
0: respect Ohio State. I can't Let it. me finish my damn point. And then you can run your mouth. Yeah, It's like my six-year-old, Dave. <laughs> 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 the point being, because they are doing that, that is what's pushing kids from Ohio down the board. It, they're not getting to – you know, everybody says you – know, it's, it's like I laugh when the when the basketball people talk about one and done is ruining the game. No, you just say that because you can't – Because you, you can't get them. Right. So what Ohio State is doing, and as a result, they're just going in, they're, they're saying we want the number one or number two guy at every position. We're going after this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And they're getting them, and because they're getting them, that's taking up like 16 spots in the recruiting class. Feel like it's a guy. What last year they had what? Four, 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 five stars a cornerback commit, or two five stars, uh, yeah. two really high four stars, whatever it was. Man, I mean, yeah, they had the top corner and Sean Wade. I think they had a top
3: another another top five corner. So that's what's pushing. You know, they're not
0: the way that they're recruiting, they're not getting to the Ohio kids. You know, they might have Ohio kids at third on their board, but they're getting number one and number two, so they don't even have to go to number three. And that's, well, that's what's just, changing the, thing the game. The
2: thing that's just different, and it, it's, it's vastly different in the last five years and, and even more so in the last ten years is, and because it's because of and because of the success that they've had, but I mean, they never even spent a minute in Oklahoma, right? Or or Virginia, or you know these, and and that to me is the is the bigger thing. It's not as much about like right. What what both of you guys are saying is right, but it's just like they're going, you know, before. Ohio was just so important that they're like, let's get the Ohio guys, and let's take ten of the you know, top can, in
0: Ohio, and
2: we'll work. We can out. win with the the best Ohio guys. But now it's like we can go, we can just waltz right into Oklahoma and grab the number one safety in the country. Yeah, let's do it. Like, why wouldn't we? And so, you know, they have seven commits and say that they. Keep their percentages the same. They're going to have 14 commits, and only two of them will be from Ohio. And then they'll have 21 commits, and only three of them will be from Ohio. So that just gives to me that just gives UC such an advantage because, while you know, all the all the big schools, whether it's Kentucky, Tennessee, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, they all have more pull. We know that, but it, it's so much different for a kid in their state, it doesn't even have to be Ohio, but so much different for a kid in their state when the when you're not a take for that big, big school to then, like, UC is such a more viable option for them. And we're just getting to that point now because of the success Ohio State is having that these kids that UC probably never had a shot at before under previous you know, Ohio State coaching staffs, they have a real shot at now.
0: Right. The, the, the point being, you know, back when Ohio State was living, you know, the Jim Trussell years, um, they were living off getting 10 of the top 15 kids in Ohio every year. And now if they only get four of the top 15 kids in Ohio every year, that's 11 more kids, you know, six more kids out there that Cincinnati's going to be able to get in the mix with. And that's what – Well, the other – them recruiting yep, at the level that the, they are. Yeah, it's 11 more of the top 15, but when they only take four
2: of the top 15, before when they would take 10, kids... Now, now they had 10 of the top 25, 30 right? yeah. Well, we're now kids 16... Before, kids 16 through 30 would look then to go to Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, where now kids 16 through 30 are, are the ones you see as getting. Yeah. And... Well, and they can make, I mean, they could make gold off of those guys from yeah. the state of Ohio. I mean, a no top 30 kid from Ohio is, you know, is right up there with the, the best of the best from the other states.
0: I agree. We were going to talk about the spring game, but, um... No, we, no, we, I mean, you know, no one wants to talk about that at this point. No, uh, no, I just, that was our, on the agenda. It's potentially <laughs> something that we were going to talk about. Um, but we're, we're out of time. This was much more entertaining. What the heck were we going to talk yeah. about the spring game?
3: Hey, if I could the kicker made four field goals. The kicker made four field goals. We had two touchdowns. Neither quarterback looked that great. Chad doesn't want to talk about the spring game because he, he got into the fourth drive and stopped, stopped charting his plays. That's also true. <laughs> 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 hey, there was a lot going on. No, I agree with you, man, and, um, when we got the news, the person who gave it to us just walked by, and, like, it wasn't anything, and me and Chad were sitting there like, huh? What do he say? It, it was
0: basically like this. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, man, just leave. me... And then he walked away. <laughs>
3: he walks away!
0: Well, he is a man of few words. He is. But, and then I texted Dave, like, um... Come, come over! I I gotta talk to somebody. <laughs> okay, I don't know what the hell just happened. I I need you to meet me in the end zone. <laughs> it was uh it was a surreal experience Friday night at different stadium. That's for sure. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, the only Shane, your uh, your first time in Nipper,
3: your first time on UC's campus. What did you think? Um, I I, I really was impressed. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna be um. I'm going to be honest here, um, when I got on the campus, I, I didn't think it was going to be, you know, this, you know, beautiful, you know, just reinvented, you know, campus. Um, I've heard negative things from being up in Toledo about Cincinnati, but when I got down, it, it really blew me away. It was beautiful. I like how everything on campus was, you know, close together. Everything was up, upgraded. You know, the stadium was the biggest thing for me. It was beautiful. Um, they did a lot of great renovations, to That whatever they did. Um, but everything really impressed me.
0: Now it, we'll tell this. I'll, I'll make you tell this story, even if you don't want to. Your dad was recruited by UC to play football, right?
3: Uh, yes, he was. And that was what back in the late '80s, early '90s,
0: somewhere in there. Late '80s. Okay, so it, that was it, that was him saying that you know I went down there and that place stinks. And back then it did stink.
3: But it's, yeah, so uh, it's a different back place then. He, he told me the crime was high. He said it was basically garbage when he went down there. And I don't want to offend anybody, but, you know, that's exactly what he told me. He said, so instead of going to Cincinnati, I said, okay, I'll, I'll stay home. I'll go, go to Toledo.
0: So. And now, two story. Know, now everything's changed. And now Cincinnati is much nicer than Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all, though. Uh, Dave, anything else before we go? No, I don't think so. I think the uh, yeah,
2: next couple weeks should be pretty fun, but we'll see how that
0: goes.
3: Yeah. Shane, anything? Yes, Cincinnati will not be la- landing Jackson-Carmen. I've gotten three direct messages about that. Well, and uh, yeah. I'm just gonna, I, I'm, nope, making this known right now. In other news, you the mean sky in... is blue and water is wet. They're not going <laughs> to okay. be a content. basically... <laughs> If that's getting case, every I number be, one player? I, if that's the case, I shouldn't have to address this almost every day <laughs> with Jackson Carmen. Well, that's like me having to answer about the
0: basketball schedule every day and at least finally some news broke on that. And uh, hopefully maybe some more good news here in the next couple days
3: uh, with a, another Power 5 home and home. Okay, so Chad, now you're going to get 50 different questions on the board from this podcast, so I'm looking forward to seeing you very irritated. No, he just ignores them. Yeah. I just, get ir- I, I just get irritated with you. That That's very true, you know, David. Speaking from a lot of experience, I, I can text him and say, hey, how are you doing? He'd be like, shut up. <laughs> just, just something, something random. Uh, I don't I, know. I take all that venta, vent, like vintage frustration and I just take it out on you. So he takes out his frustration on his from his daughter being crazy in the house all day because he's, he's stuck with driving her to school and that and just takes it out on me. Yeah.
0: You, you've got a lot to learn. You're just, you know, fresh and new in this business. I've got a lot to teach you, and one of those things is learning how to deal with a pain in the ass boss.
3: So, welcome to real life. You fit that role perfectly, Chad.
2: Hey, Shane, you just keep, you just keep pumping out the content, and you'll be fine.
3: <laughs> that's what keep That's what saves me some of these times, is the content. Yeah. I feel like just Chad would. I feel like we're five five times Chad right won't admit it, but.
2: We're, we're indebted to you because you're doing all the stuff we don't want to do. So. so
3: you've said, I haven't heard Chad say it yet. What Dave said. Oh. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you
0: next time. It's the VCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com.